Welcome to the 21st Century Physio Podcast, helping you bring your practice into the 21st century with the latest technology news, research reviews, and easy-to-implement practice tips. Now, here's your host, Stephen King. All right, welcome to the 21st Century Physio Podcast. We're very lucky today to have Jack O'Brien here from Terrace Physio Plus and Clinic Mastery. Uh, there's going to be a lot of expertise dropped today, I think, in regards to how you can start to build and grow your practice um, and how you can build a better you know, better team and better culture in your business. So love to welcome Jack today uh, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, mate. Great to be here. Let's have some fun. Now, Jack, tell us a little bit about yourself first before we get into you know, what you've been doing at Terrace Physio and Clinic Mastery. You know, where did your journey start? Sure. So I'm a physiotherapist by trade. Uh, so I grew up playing rugby league. I'm from Newcastle, the, the hometown of the Knights. Um, up here with rugby league, played that, experienced a lot of injuries, spent a lot of time on the physio table. And like most physios, that's what got me into the profession. Um, so I studied at Newcastle and uh, probably like a lot of physios too, wanted to transition into medicine. So I sat the entrance exam to get over to medicine and had a bit of an epiphany. I thought I don't want to be a slave to the public system and working night shifts and 10 years as a you know as an intern and resident. So ended up sticking with physio and, and through that journey then of, of still playing relatively high level rugby league. I was just one step below first grade, um, nearly made it, but injuries pulled me up. And so I guess I uh, had that romantic idea of, of uh, private practice, sports physio, working with teams, dabbled in that a little bit as a physio with uh, some of the Knights juniors and realized that sports physio wasn't my thing. I couldn't think of anything much worse really than, than treating prima donna athletes early in the morning and late in the evening, but loved musculoskeletal and, and the private practice environment. My, my father has a small business in, in transport and was always interested in business. So ended up uh, taking a new grad job in, in private practice, never worked a day of my life in a hospital setting. And I'm very thankful for that. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, ended up uh, taking a, a new grad job at Terrace Physio Plus. Yep. And worked my way through there and ended up uh, getting an offer to buy out that practice a couple of years in. And, and so uh, here we are today, still as the owner. So a couple of years in, you know, that's a pretty big move taking on a you know, physio practice. Did you feel a little bit nervous about that decision? Was that a tough decision to make? Yeah, it's a good question. It was, certainly. Uh, and I think a lot of clinic owners or, or even just physios would wrestle with that tension of, do I start my own practice or do I buy a practice? Um, it made sense for me in this instance to buy, but it, it meant taking on a significant amount of debt and responsibility. And, uh, you know, the truth is I was only out. I was two and a half years of physio when I bought it. I was pretty raw, pretty uh, wet behind the ears still. But it... it uh, I guess not not unlike uh, a number of physios, I was getting not frustrated, but a little bit bored and looking at that progression of the physio career and, and where to next. And so for me, practice ownership was the perfect opportunity for me to challenge myself and to craft a, a model of care that we wanted to bring that um, was a little bit different to everywhere else. Yeah. And what was that difference? For us, it's around client experience. We wanted to create uh, an environment where people love to come, that they would get great outcomes but that they would also have amazing experiences. Our first clinic uh, in Raymond Terrace, it's not the most desirable uh, environment, not, not, not the most desirable suburb. And so we wanted to create a, a sanctuary where people would come and, and get great experiences, but feel welcome, feel loved, appreciated, listened to. And so that's now evolved. Our, our clinic would pride ourselves on uh, having the most touch points throughout a client journey than any other clinic from pre-appointment through their recovery journey. And then afterwards that we would... Uh, yeah, create an environment where people are welcomed and have an experience that they feel valued and really connected to. 
And so what are some of those touch points you start, you know, even before patients walk in through your doors, what are some of the things that you look to do, um, you know, to start to welcome them into your practice and make them feel confident that this is the place for them? We want to be the uh, the people, even before someone needs an injury, that we're their trusted advisor, we're their go-to with information. And we've taken a, a slightly different approach to probably a lot of physio clinics. I actually don't care what most physios think about me and our clinic. I care what our patients think about us. Um, at the end of the day, they're the ones we're here to serve. They're the ones that pay our bills and they're the ones that we want to impress. So the reason I say that is because our content strategy is really important to us. We create a lot of video, a lot of written articles, very strong on social presence so that before someone even thinks about becoming a client of our clinic, that they would know who we are because of our education. We would be the, the trusted provider there. And so then it comes through to creating amazing experiences through the booking process, through the phases of the client journey that they go through. For us, the, one of the most important times is from the time of booking through to the time they walk through the doors for that initial consult. And so we're using all different modalities from email, SMS, the post. We're using um, app communication, video, audio, also all sorts of different mediums to be able to connect with and communicate to our clients. Fantastic. And so you mentioned video is a big part of your strategy. What sort of um, videos and um, you know marketing material are you finding that's working really well for your practice at the minute? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I love video. Um, and more the, well, the reason I love video is not because I like the sound of my voice or the look of my face, to be honest. It, um, it, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. But clients love video. And so, Steve, it doesn't matter what I think or what we think as clinicians. It matters what our patients think. Patients love video. And so, uh, we're using it across the socials, so Instagram stories, um, Facebook lives, um, videos uploaded to YouTube and on Facebook. But what we're finding that patients are really loving is customized, personalized video, things that go out in emails as part of their welcoming and onboarding um, that are really just useful, helpful, and they, they address what's known in you know, business land as buyer's remorse. Yeah, It's a bit of a funny term that we're not really familiar with as physios, but if you put yourself in the patient's shoe, they may have made an appointment. They, they've got a problem and they think that your profession, physio, chiro, osteo, whatever, can solve their problem. As soon as they make that appointment, the next couple of minutes through to a couple of hours is a little bit remorseful in the sense that have I made the right decision? Have I chosen the right professional? Can I afford this? So there's all these questions running through our client's mind. And so we want to be the ones that help put them at ease reinforce that they've made the right decision and help guide them through the next couple of days. So that sort of video uh, is a lot of fun and patients love it. It makes a massive difference, Steve, to the initial consult for physios. So when a patient walks through the door, they've heard your voice, they've seen your face, they understand where the toilets are and to expect a cup of tea in the, you know, what we call the welcome room because we don't like to make patients wait, we like to make them feel welcome. The patients are primed for a great experience we find that they get better outcomes, they adhere better to their treatment plans, better from a, an economic perspective, but more importantly, the client experience is number one. Now, I think that's key. You know, I think I found it was often difficult working in a bigger, um, you know, private practice when I sort of came out as a graduate out of physiotherapy and, you know, you just get whatever patient, you know, walks through the door basically right. and you're having to try and, you know, you're putting this amazing management plan into place, but they're not really, you know, sold on the clinic already. It makes it really difficult to help that patient if they're not sure if this is the right place to help you, you know, you can't focus 100%. on that, that out, out long-term goal. It's about trying to just get that initial 
buy-in. So if you can already decrease that risk, as you mentioned, as if you can decrease, um, you know, if you can increase the buy-in even before they've walked in through the door, it's going to make a huge difference, especially if you, you know, if you've got a team around you. Yeah, now, clinicians love it. And I might just say an interesting element that we've tried and tested is that most of our clinic videos come from me as the clinic owner, but yet our patients know that they're not going to see me. They're going to see one of their other 8, 10, 12 physios, whatever it's up to. Um, and that dynamic of being the clinic owner versus being the clinician and the hands-on is an interesting divide as well. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit more about that. So you've obviously bought one practice, I believe. Yeah, we bought one practice in yeah. uh, little old Raymond Terrace, which is on the outskirts of Newcastle. And uh, yeah, since then, we've, we're now up to uh, five clinics across the Hunter region um, from Maitland all the way down through to the beach at Newcastle here. And um, yeah, physio, massage, a multi, multi-site team that work, most of our team work across at least two locations yeah. uh, of varying different sizes. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a good juggle trying to juggle five at once. And so when did you decide, look, it was the time to get off the tools? Yeah, good question. Um, it, I got to a place for me where I, the first thing was work-life balance. So as soon as I bought the clinic, I went from five days consulting back to four. Yeah. I figured if I'm going to work hard and you know bleed through my eyes for this thing, my family deserve more time than otherwise. For me, it was a family thing initially. Like we went into massive debt, worked huge hours, and I wanted my family, so my wife and at the time... <laughs> We, when we bought business, um, I had a three-month-old. So we had a baby, bought a business, and I, I actually took on the chairman of the board of a, uh, of a charity as well, all within three months. Perfect so time. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. <laughs> there's never <laughs> well, a good time, though, I don't think, is there? No, there's not. And if no. you're going to go in, you might as well go all in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a family thing first. Uh, so come back to four days. So but my family knew, if nothing else, I'd work four crazy days but have Fridays off. And then it transitioned to... We're going to two sites, four sites, five sites. I've got a team of, you know, up to, I think at one stage we had 13 clinicians. And uh, I'm, in order to be able to give them a great experience so that they could pass that on to our patients, I needed to reduce my consulting hours. I could only help my team as much as I wasn't consulting. So team ended up becoming a priority for me. Yep, fantastic. And so when you say, you know, you need more time to spend on your team, what are some of the key areas that, you know, that you tend to focus on with your team? In regards to you know i guess training or, or as i said they're just the experience in your you know company yeah sure so uh i've gone back now to i haven't consulted i haven't seen a patient since august uh, 2017 at the time of this recording so um for me i can now spend my whole time all of my hours when i'm working for terrace physio plus on building into my team and i actually interestingly steve have taken a non-clinical approach so one of my physios He's responsible as a clinical team leader for the professional development and in-services and all that sort of stuff. My role is getting the best out of my team personally. And so I say to my guys uh, and girls, we win, our clinic wins, I win personally when you win at life and when you've got great work-life balance. So we do some interesting things around um, how they manage their hours and leave. When you're achieving your financial goals, when you're achieving your life goals, professional goals, all that sort of stuff. So we spend a heavy amount of time on mentoring, on having a lot of fun and making sure that our uh, communication is uh, really up to speed. Fantastic. Now, I imagine mentoring was a big part of you know your development going forward when you take over a practice you know, with little, you know, only a little experience in physiotherapy. I imagine not a lot of business skills apart from probably what you've learned over, uh, from your dad over the years. You know, what was influential for you? Like, who were the big people who were responsible for helping you grow as a business owner? 
Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> it's interesting from dad. I, I probably learned what not to do a lot from dad who still works <laughs> 90 hours a week. <laughs> um, no, he, he did teach me a lot. But for me, I, I looked at us as a profession and go, we spend you know 50 odd grand on a degree and we all get, well, most of us get a CPD allowance from our employer and we all cough up our cold hard cash to continue our professional development. It's incumbent on me as a clinic owner to do the same thing. And so I went out, invested straight into some mentors um, and wanted to speed up my learning. I actually, interestingly, toyed with the idea of doing an MBA versus getting some uh, some private business mentoring and coaching and decided that I wanted speed. I want people who've you know had some skin in the game, understand the health space and uh, went down and went down that route. And having that accountability and mentorship meant the world to me. As clinicians, we value working in places where you know we're well supported and have a lot of mentoring. And so the, likewise for me in, in business space. And yeah, it was amazing. It really was. It was probably uh, responsible for a lot of our growth, most of our growth actually. Fantastic. So now you're obviously getting to taking your mentoring that you've done, you know, at your scale at the clinic and sort of taking that a bit further when you joined the Clinic Mastery team. Tell us a little bit more about your journey with the Clinic Mastery guys. Yeah, so I was a client of Clinic Mastery. They're the mentors that um, that we were speaking about, went through the, the business academy there and um I combined before I joined Clinic Mastery, I love digital marketing and, you know, Facebook, social media, Google. You know, marketing and sales often in the health space is seen as slimy and salesy and unethical. For me, marketing is about getting the right message in front of the right people at the right time so you can help more people. Uh, you can be the best clinician you like, but if no one knows about you, <laughs> you're going out of business going pretty quick and you're going back to working in hospitals and I know that I don't want to do that. So marketing was really my strong suit. Um, and Clinic Mastery really helped me focus on the client experience and the systems, the know-how, and the accountability behind the scenes. Went through the Business Academy and have since bought in as a, as a partner. And so I actually spend most of my time now, Steve, mentoring other clinic owners how to create amazing experiences, how to use digital and, and general marketing principles to grow their clinic and implement systems to um, have brilliant teams that are functional and high performance. Yeah, and so when you're looking at the systems and helping them manage it, the particular part, um, you know, pieces of technology and stuff that you find work, uh, you know, for them really well, and or for yourself at Terrace Physio. Yeah, for for me, it, it's having a couple of key elements in place. So having the right systems housed in the right place. So um, you know, without going into too much detail, we've got a business academy. We we roll out a hub for people where all of the policies, procedures, and systems live in one place that's easily accessible at all times by the right people. So having the right systems in the right place is really important. Uh, I constantly speak with with other clinic owners around having the right team. So making sure that your recruitment messages are targeting the right people at the right time and that you onboard them and mentor them really well. Um, and it's interesting, a lot of clinic owners will say, ah, oh, but I don't want to spend the time and the dollars investing in my people. Well, you can either invest that time in them and they might leave, but what if they stick around and you don't train them properly? And you've yeah. got the truth is, Steve, you'd know if you're a clinic owner, we spend most of our days putting out fires and wrestling with headaches to do with people. And, and so I want to make sure that our clinic and other clinics have amazing team in place where I can literally not, I don't go to four of my clinics. I go to one, you know, half a day a week and my team operate at high performance, high levels. They do the right things and create amazing experiences. So systems team, um, I love clinics that create amazing experiences that do things differently. I've got friends over in Adelaide that have amazing massage chairs in their, 
you know, in their welcome room, because we don't like to call it waiting room. We like to make people feel welcome, not waiting. Uh, through to coffee experiences in the welcome room, free Wi-Fi. The truth is when we create amazing experiences, patients get better outcomes. It's yep. just the, the truth of it. And so making sure that those three things are in place, that systems, team and experiences are humming along, um, ends up having uh, a really strong purpose and, and profit at the end of the day. Yeah. And so what are some of like, the biggest problems you've found that um, clinic owners face that you work with? What are some of the, the key areas? Obviously, you mentioned those th- three areas of the things that you focus on. Mm-hmm. But breaking them down a little bit further, what are some of those key problems that you know you really get in there and try and target or that you want to identify first at a business to see if it's performing well? So it's knowing your numbers. Um, yep. That's the first place. So making sure that your practice management software is working for you and you've got the right dashboard set up so that you, you know, not unlike the movement assessment tool, that you've got data to be able to make the right decisions. If you if you don't have data, you're flying blind. Yep. So uh, making sure that we're getting the right, um, what we call CEIs, we don't like to refer to them as KPIs, they're clinical excellence indicators, because we're not just about um, you know metrics and KPIs, but CEIs in place. Um, we wanna make sure that clinics are leading functional teams. And so addressing these elements of team that often get neglected. What we find, Steve, is that most uh, clinic owners and especially physios, have a personality profile that tends away from confrontation and conflict uh, that is naturally a little bit cynical and skeptical of other humans. And I think that's one of our strengths as physios, right? We're we're skeptical around evidence and, um, uh, you know, clinical approaches that might not be so well-founded in literature. But what that means is that we don't trust people. And, And so we don't often have conversations that are just healthy, honest, real, candid conversations. So, making sure that clinic owners are having those conversations with their team and also creating pathways. So the reason we do all that mentoring and development is to make sure that we've got humans on our team that are high performance and that are focused and and goal oriented. They're not just robots that need to see 70 consults a week. We want to make sure that people are having the time off and and got maybe unlimited leave or they can set their own work hours. They can come and go when they want. So that they're some of the key areas that clinic owners need to work on as well as the marketing. I love digital digital marketing uh, and social media. And so being able to get your message in front of more people and helping more people because, you know, I can say that to this audience, but, you know, physio really is the hope of the world in a lot of senses when it comes to pain and exercise and I love physio, like I'm a born and bred physio. And so I want to get our message in front of as many people and in as many ears as possible. Fantastic. So you've obviously got some big, you know, big views on, you know, physiotherapy. Where do you think it's going to go over the next, you know, five, 10, 20 years? You know, where do you, what do you see the future of physiotherapy looking like? Yeah, look, there's a couple of different ways I can see it going. And it scares me a little bit, but I guess if we're to call it out, I can actually see physio crashing and burning a little bit. Um, and it breaks my heart. But I see a lot of physios that are, you know, passive aggressive towards our profession and, and whinge and whine about the APA or the APRA or this or that. Unless you're going to put some skin in the game and cough up some cash or volunteer some hours to make a difference, then things aren't going to get better. So that would be my first challenge to physios is if you believe in it as much as we say we do, let's, let's make it work and really push our profession forward. Um, if we don't, I can really see things like EP um, and osteo and myotherapy in the southern states really taking some ground office. But I also see physio as the leaders in research, the leaders in clinical development, the leaders in technique approaches. Um, and so becoming the trusted advisor of the general public um, really excites me that we would be able to combine our manual skills as physios as well as our, our really detailed in-depth knowledge of exercise. We just need to tell the doctors that we 
do know how to do exercise. Um, the manual skills, exercise, and then our education approach, our ability to communicate uh, data and evidence to patients really positions us as the, the preferred provider for patients that are in pain or want to move towards performance. So I think we can become the preeminent um, therapy modality, uh, but I think we've got to take some personal responsibility and ownership for that. Yeah, no, I love that approach. Now, Jack, if people want to hear uh, see a little bit more of you, how do they find you? Um, so Terrace Physio Plus is our clinic terracephysioplus.com.au you can find our uh, team page you can see me with a bit of a bigger beard back then Um, you can see how we do things as a clinic and uh, from a clinic mastery perspective clinicmastery.com you'll find out about what we do there to help clinics um, create amazing experiences and teams fantastic well thank you very much for joining the 21st Century Physio Podcast today Jack it's been some great knowledge and maybe we'll look to get get you back in the future to uh, delve a little bit more into some of that client experience I think that's a really important thing that we can all do better um, as practice owners sounds good thanks Steve thanks Jack that's another 21st Century Physio Podcast proudly brought to you by Matt innovators and world leaders in movement assessment technologies that bring your practice into the 21st century. For more great information and tips to bring your practice into the 21st century, head over to www.podcast.physio. Lastly, if you love the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate and give a review on iTunes. It's very much appreciated. See you on the next episode.